0: Uh, what we see is that uh, a majority of American churches are small churches, and and so when you kind of hear about the the mega church, it's an anomaly, um, and it's it's through the context of small churches that the gospel is getting out. In. and we have to make sure that these small churches are protected and growing and healthy. And so that's a lot of what the strategy that I try to think of is: how can you leverage online with a small budget? Like I'm I'm talking microscopic yes. budget uh, yes. with the, with a sp-
1: Everyone, Welcome to the Social Media Church podcast. My name is Aaron. I'm one of the hosts here. And I'm really excited because we're in the middle of this series uh, as we prepare for the very first ever Social Media Church conference. And we have so we're getting uh, speakers in who are contributing to this first ever conference so that you guys can know them. And today we have a guest that you guys are very familiar with. He was on just a couple months ago, but we had to get him back on. Uh, he's going to be contributing to this conference and we're really excited about it. And to find out all the information about the conference, you can go to socialmedia.church conference. It's in July, July 13th through the 15th. It's going to be really exciting. And uh, so we have Nick Ovaye here with us today. And Nick, I'm excited for you to be back because in just this short amount of time, there's been some life changes that you've made. Uh, there were some things that you were talking about uh, in this in the previous episode, um, talking about the second screen engagement. There's you're, I mean, there's always new learnings that you have. Uh, and so for those of you who aren't familiar with Nick, he'll introduce himself here. But uh, Nick was with Sandals Church doing a whole bunch of stuff digitally for them. And has since transitioned, which he's going to talk about to an organization called Kingdom One, uh, an organization that I'm really excited about that I think is paving the way for the future of what church, uh, not what church looks like, but maybe what components of church look like in a new age that's coming out of this uh, COVID pandemic that we all just experienced. But uh, I want you guys to hear from Nick. So Nick, welcome back to the podcast, man.
0: Hey, it's so great to be here. Thanks, Aaron. Uh, I'll I'll say, yeah, there's been a couple of life changes and I am so excited to be on the team at Kingdom One. Um, But at the same time, Sandals Church uh, is where I still call home. I love what they're doing. And I don't know if you saw, but Carrie Nyhoff just gave them a shout out, um, talked about the Omni strategy and and some of the things that we've been talking about on Social Media Church podcast. Um, So so it's really, really cool to see all the things that, that Sandals Church is still doing.
1: Yes. And yeah, Sandals Church, you're one of the first people I got connected with when I moved down almost three years ago now to Southern California. Uh, we are close enough to Sandals Church uh, where Nils was like, Aaron, you got to connect with Nick uh, thinking outside the box and really just a church, an entire church that's thinking outside of the box. And yeah, do you want to read that quote that Carrie uh, said about what Sandals is doing, paving the way? Uh,
0: yeah. it's 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 really, really crazy what he said. <laughs> Um, because he said he's been particularly impre- impressed with Sandals Church and the work that it does and its omni strategy. And omni it says strategy. the future of church online experiences will not be locked into a single environment, but will reflect as an omni channel future. Sandals Church is already paving the way in that future. So isn't that was really crazy?
1: Cool yeah, that's so cool. Do you want to spend just as we kind of, uh, it's a good time to tell our audience uh, the chapter that you're wrapping up there. So maybe just uh, let them know what you were doing at Sandals, kind of because you had a huge hand in uh, Carrie being able to say something like that about Sandals. And I know that every conversation you and I have had regarding online church and the space of online church uh, was around these topics. So maybe all the things you did at Sandals and then, yeah, talk about this transition into full-time work with Kingdom One.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think the work that we did at Sandals Church was was amazing. It was a large team. So it wasn't just myself. I yes. had a, a great leader, Brian Shillette is just a visionary when it comes to leadership uh, and a great uh, dev team. The dev team made it super, super simple. And what we decided to do on the offset was how do we create custom solutions for each platform and each channel? So a custom Roku channel, um, Sandals Church TV, which is essentially like a Netflix for Sandals Church. And then all the way recently to the anywhere strategy, we really try to craft things that we could think about that would meet people where they're at. And that's a custom solution. And so that was the, the heart behind why we created so many different experiences.
1: Yeah, that is so amazing. And what, what was your, I feel like I asked this and it's probably changed multiple times uh, over your course uh, of your lifespan at Sandals, what, what was your title at Sandals?
0: So I started as the online platform lead and I ended up being the uh, senior specialist of uh, digital engagement. So it was my job to look at all digital engagement across all of Sandals Church and speak to it and help raise engagement so important.
1: Uh, And I think your whole career really led to that point, because I know you're doing a lot of stuff at CBC with Nils, uh, when engagement and this whole concept of online church was brand new in its infancy. And so Nick, you've walked with online church for a long time and such an important voice uh, here at the Social Media Church podcast, uh, and just what you contribute to the church in general, which is a perfect segue into what kingdom one is and kind of how kingdom one was birthed. And we talked about it a little bit on the the last time you were on. And if you haven't listened to that episode, you need to go check that out because we talk about the second screen, which is just as valuable today as it was when we were first having that conversation, uh, back then. But do you want to kind of let people know what kingdom one is and this new concept of, uh, and it's not really a new concept, but it's something that I think churches are more willing than ever to execute upon in utilizing an organization like Kingdom One, uh, maybe in a way that you haven't thought to do as a church organization in the past. Do uh, you just want to let everyone know a little bit about Kingdom One?
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, I love Kingdom One and its premise. And the idea is that uh, the church is a relationship generating machine. We're all about relationships. And that is the number one uh, you know, a product of the church is is relationship—a relationship with God, relationship with others, relationship with the Word—and so at Kingdom One, what we've tried to do is we've tried to solve the problem that churches have is maybe they don't have enough relational equity, maybe they don't have enough uh, you know capital for for hiring great talent, and or maybe they just don't know the strategies that's going to propel them forward. And so what we do is we say, hey, leverage our relationship and our expertise. And we come in and we do the work and we coach at the same time. So it's really important. At the end of the day, what you're getting from Kingdom One is a relationship. Uh, but it's it's the idea that you know that your next move is going to be the best move. And so that's what we really pride ourselves on.
1: Yes. And uh, you have a whole group. Your team has grown since the last time we've talked uh, at Kingdom One. And just a whole team of people, all with uh, each in their own lane of expertise, Uh, And so churches have that available to them, uh, whether that's a gap, within their organization, or whether it's just a, an area that needs uh, some consulting or uh, an upgrade. Um, they have an opportunity to utilize Kingdom One from everything from like HR, uh, to what you would be speaking to, which is kind of online digital strategy, uh, to you know communications, uh, things like that. Just really cool to resource the church. And you were doing all of this under the umbrella of sandals. Um, And of course, having conversations with people from other churches and things like that, uh, but doing it from, from a lens of a one church context to now you get to serve a bunch of different churches, uh, of all sizes, uh, hear their stories, hear the challenges that they're dealing with. Uh, do you want to maybe speak to some of the things that you've been learning, uh, just as you've gone full into working at kingdom one, seeing a whole bunch of different churches, a bunch of different sizes, uh, and some of the things that they're facing in this season?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, coming from, uh, working at the cutting edge of, you know, technology with churches from onlinechurch.com with Nils to what Sandals Church, you know, getting shouted out by, by Carrie Nyhoff. Um, now I'm working with churches that are an average of 300 people. And I'm starting to realize that uh, what we see is that uh, a majority of American churches are small churches. And and so when you kind of hear about the the mega church, it's an anomaly. Um, and it's, it's through the context of small churches that the gospel is getting out in. And we have to make sure that these small churches are protected and growing and healthy and so that's a lot of what the strategy that I try to think of is how can you leverage online with a small budget like I'm I'm talking microscopic budget uh, with a a small team or even a team of volunteers how can small churches really think about the future reaching people and the 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 fruit of that of implementing these strategies is so cool I'm I'm talking with this one uh, pastor his name's pastor Joel and he's like things are going so well at our church he has four adult baptisms lined up, and for a Presbyterian church, that's just phenomenal, and that's rock star status for them, for the church of their size. But he says, "I want to reach more people, and I know I can do that digitally. I don't know how. Can you help me?" And The answer is always absolutely yes. And so uh, that, that's what I really want to want to dive into is how can we create a strategy for churches of all sizes so that they can reach people online.
1: Yes, and that is such a similar heart. Uh, that we have here at the Social Media Church Podcast. And it was my story. I mean, I come from my first church out of college in the ministry. I didn't even know what I was getting into ministry, uh, but somebody spoke it into me, uh, was being at a church of 300. We met in a middle school, terrible Wi-Fi. And on top of that, it was also like a dead zone in our city, this middle school. And so just terrible connectivity. Um, but there was a lot of cutting edge things that we were able to do, uh, as we were thinking about, okay, we don't have a physical space. How do we build community online? How do we keep people engaged all throughout the week? Uh, and so the first response, one of my first weeks in ministry, I just remember our worship leader who was uh, a part-time person on staff. I was the first full-time hire. Uh, and she was like, Hey, let's just Google, uh, like social media church. Uh, and this podcast, the social media church podcast popped up and I started listening Uh, And I'm still getting emails like that today. Now now I just, I have to pinch myself, Nick, uh, getting to co-host this podcast that helped my first five years of ministry get started and just understanding this space and, and now being able to just continue to provide these resources and conversations to the church of all sizes that don't necessarily have the bandwidth or time to research, figure out best practices, Um, but there's, they're still typing in that Google search bar, uh, social media church and trying to figure out how do we do this online and our podcast pops up and we're able to continue this process of year after year resourcing churches to amplify their ministry on social media. And so it's really cool to hear about, uh, what kingdom one is doing and what you're learning, um, for churches of all sizes. And this isn't, you know, uh, a world that is dominated by the mega church because Technology has lowered the bar for what doing ministry is and now you have people with voices, uh, people who are just so uniquely skilled um, that maybe live in a small church context, but they have big ideas that can benefit the whole church and can also reach lots and lots of people online and so being put in a space, and just how God has put you in a space Nick to um, impact and carry on those conversations with churches of all sizes. Uh, is really cool and something that I am really passionate about. And I love seeing a world where COVID really uh, caused a lot of innovation in the church because of the restrictions that was placed on the church um, with the ability to meet, um, uh, the ability to reach, even how you conveyed uh, the message. and, And a lot of that innovation has led to new questions and new needs uh, and Kingdom One is certainly uh, filling that need of um, just how do we do this? Uh, we, this is a new thing for us. And how do we make this scalable? And how do we, uh, you know, they taste it online. And now we want to do this more. And we really want to go into this, but we don't have the resources for it. And so uh, I just love how you've been able to help churches of all sizes. And I like what you said, protecting um, the small local church that is meeting, uh, a, a very important need, uh, and, and it's created this mentality. I think this is what I was trying to say is that, uh, we're all in this together. Um, and it's not, we're not competing against each other. Uh, COVID showed everybody that the internet is a very big place and we need as many people pouring resources into the internet Absolutely. as possible. Uh, and that's what we're passionate about. And that's what we're trying to help people do is, Hey, get into this game, not to compete with everybody who's here, not to try to be the next elevation or the next life church or the next sandals, or to even make Carrie's list. Uh, we just need you to be spreading the gospel right alongside all of us who are trying to spread the good news of Jesus on the internet. Uh, and you, no matter what size you are, have an opportunity do that uh is that some of the things that you're sharing with the churches and encouraging them to do and 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 maybe how is that playing out
0: totally yeah i think the first thing is understanding the frustration that COVID has put everybody in a frustration point. Yes. Like even the large churches had had frustration of, of figuring things out and connecting and and even wondering, is this is this worth it? You know, you you see all yep. the metrics and your metrics are telling a story, but there's sometimes as a pastor and as a leader, you ask yourself the question, Am I really reaching people? Like, do these views are, are they impacting people's eternity? And so I think that's the first thing is. I understand, and I think uh, a lot of what we do, um, you know, uh, in, in the podcast space, in the uh, online church space, uh, who are trying to help other churches, right. we understand that frustration. And what we want to do is come alongside and 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 say we understand the frustration. Here are some strategies that may help um, moving things forward. And so I kind of break it down into three things. I would yes. say um, your app needs to be a discipleship tool. And knowing that you have a place to disciple people, and it's a kind of like the, the place where we pass notes back and forth to each other in class type yes. thing, that's the vibe, that's the feeling that your app should be giving people. And so maybe you don't have an app, um, but there are some really, really great off-the-shelf things that you could do today, like Subsplash has an app mm. section. Yeah. You can go and look for church apps on Google, and you're going to find something that's you know fairly priced that's going to do a great job to connect you to your insider audience, and yep. so I think that is one of the things that a church of any size could do. Um, years and years and years ago, it, it's funny um, because I think Nils was one of the first, you know, pioneers in that right. space. We had to we had to contract a guy who was in the Ukraine to do this, and the wow. Ukraine war like was breaking out at that time, and so yes. we, we're like are we gonna have an app or not? And our app got shut off, uh, you know, because of uh, the, the Ukrainian invasion wow. and the Civil War and all these things. And so we're kind of sitting here like, what, what do we do? Uh, we just launched this and it was really, really popular. So we had to, to, to make a decision. And, and the guys at Plain Joe Studio were kind enough and they literally built us an app overnight wow. uh, using off the shelf tools. And that was my first experience with off the shelf tools. And it made me appreciate the work that uh, these companies are doing. So, uh, like I said, app is a discipleship tool off the shelf. You can do it. It's so, so easy.
1: Yeah. Let's stay in, in, you mentioned three. So you, we're, you only have listed off your first one so far. Uh, so just talking about your app being your discipleship tool, uh, are you, would you say an app maybe uh, for a church that doesn't have an app is synonymous with like a website or when I hear app, I think of owned property or owned space in in contrast to doing this in like a Facebook group or or, a rented space. Um, Could you do, well, first of all, maybe what does that discipleship look like in an app, but what would some of those other places be that are synonymous to your term app?
0: Totally. Yeah. I would say uh, when, when I'm talking about app, um, not to get too narrow here, but I do believe like uh, a, an app that is on the story of like Google Play or the Apple Store uh, is probably going to be one of the best places. Um, and the reason for that, the connected device, our cell phones, like if you're just looking at the studies, we're consuming 3,000 hours of content a year and it's primarily on the phone yes. device. And I'm, I'm even holding my device right now because, you know, there's always that separation anxiety. Um, yes. So there, we are so connected to this, this device. And so I would say that it's so important to look at uh, that first connection point. What is the closest device to that person? Um, and I think an app is almost insider content for me. That's what I'm thinking yes. is the strategy. And
1: different than a website though, different oh, absolutely. Than, different yeah. than your website.
0: Oh, 100%. And, and the reason I believe that is because even though somebody might download the app, like their first time, um, the the content that you want to put in for the discipleship process is more, it's deep. Like you want to ask some deep questions. You want to probe a bit. You want to kind of get into people's personal space and ask them to use the app to get into other people within the church's personal space. Yes. And so when you do that, the app as a discipleship tool is, is, is a really strong and deep connection piece.
1: Now, Nick, one of the things, this is just uh, prompting me to think, one of, the, one of my hangups with apps have been uh, in particularly wanting to fully dive into the idea that our church, our church does have an app. It's not fully utilized. Um, we also have the resources to continue to build that out. So I, I always keep the small church in mind. I try to think oh, when I was back at the Grove, how would I be hearing this? Um, but one of my hangups with the app is: Are people really going to download it? Like, do they? What is their incentive to add another app? Because I know how protective I am. Like, ah, do I really need to download another app? Uh, and I'm trying to think about the space on my home screen and those sorts of things. Um, do you think in 2020, uh, people are really inclined to download another app for every individual facet of their life, or do they kind of want it all to be in one spot?
0: Yeah, that is a great question. And I love that thought process because we're going to meet people in different places in their life. And so people are going to be like, Hey, the app is, is not for me. I think, having your app be compelling is one of the most important things there has to be exclusive content that is going to change that person's life for the better within that app and so that means it's discipleship content it is uh, daily readings that are going to inspire them to live out the vision and mission of your church and so, you know, whatever that is, that needs to be embedded in there and it has to deliver. And so um, I, I hope that it's not coming across that. Just pick up any app and then yes. put any content on there and you're going to see success. I think you still have to do the hard work of discipleship, but it's codifying it in, 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 in ways that people can experience, you know, through prayer and through medit- like not so much meditation, but meditating on God's word and, uh, and asking the questions uh, after the sermon with their community groups and their friends. Yeah that's what really uh, shapes uh, people to grow in Christ is when they can have conversations and even the actions behind those conversations to move forward.
1: Yeah, that's good. Uh, And that would be incentive um, to download, but, but also what you said, I think is important. and, And what kind of speaks to my question, not everybody is going to be ready to download, which speaks to the importance of that comprehensive uh, strategy of that's why we're not just going to do everything in the app kind of like that uh, isolated Amish type style commune where we're here and only here uh, but there's also stuff that's going out for the people who maybe aren't quite ready for that part of it yet uh, or who aren't um, in a stage where that's how they want to be consuming that content, have exclusive content there, have valuable things there so that people continue to open the app day after day and, and have it be a unique space. Um, but don't stop posting to Instagram, uh, encouraging people to to move down your discipleship pathway, uh, on other mediums. I'm assuming I'm, uh, understanding that correctly and not inferring that in, is that what you're saying?
0: No, hundred percent. You're absolutely yeah. right. I think that's insider language. That's like, you know, like I said, that's almost like that, that, that birthday card to somebody. You're not posting that on social media um, for that special moment. I think the app needs to be a special moment, but w- what I do hear, and, and I think that we all can agree on this is that social media uh, is where we're having the conversation. So um, yeah. even though the the app is more of like a one-to-one intimate or one-to-many intimate uh, social media is that place where we're having that conversation. And I think, you know, Nils. Nils literally wrote the book on social media church conversations. And, and yeah. I remember reading that and I was like, man, this is great. Um, and a lot of times what I see churches and specifically small churches do is it's all event-based. And so we need to really, and I mean, you know, we've been living in social media for for yes. quite some time now. Yep. Um, and you would think it would be just very intuitive that, hey, we just have the conversation. Um, but developing the tools to have that conversation over and over again, um, and so I'll kind of throw out this idea that that I really think is valuable, um, yeah. Wistia is this company yes. that I just adore and I love. And they recently came out with a, uh, a show called show business. And it's about how you can create branded affinity content. That's going to meet your audience where they are. Um, and it's going to be <laughs> evergreen. And so yeah. if it's taking that style of thinking and production quality and moving it into social media, so whether that's with your phone as a small church, yes, um, you can still do it. Whether that's a, a podcast for a small church, you can still do it, um, but it has to be conversational and that means you have to ask questions and, 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 and that's what I love about podcasts is hearing two people's yes. voice. Like we could be dissenting on a, on a topic. That's totally fine because it, it's a part of the conversation. Yes. And so uh, don't be afraid of that people posting and, and they have a dissenting opinion or they have a different opinion. Um, it, it's learning to embrace that. Um, that's where care starts, in my opinion. When you can care for somebody well on social media, it's going to translate that your church cares and they're going to show yes. up to your services and they're going to show up in person. So good,
1: yeah, that's so good, Nick. Uh, I want to hear the the other two things though, and I know our audience yeah, is excited as no, well. Totally, so that, totally. that was number yeah, one. That, Start that number with the two app was
0: social yeah. media as the conversation. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So let, let's talk about that, expand on that a little bit. So social media as a conversation, that's obviously where both audiences live. The people who have never heard of your church, maybe the people who are loosely familiar, but also the people who uh, they might have your app downloaded and they're in there daily, but that didn't mean that they deleted Facebook, deleted Instagram, deleted YouTube. They're still there as well. How should churches be thinking about um, that strategy and what conversations are you having on social media? Uh, like, are you just Posting your app everywhere and be like, hey, let's let's move our conversation in here. What what does that look like, and where does that play? Where does social media play in the the grand strategy?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think one is just a, a, an. An everyday conversation is just fine. Asking people, do you like your Chick-fil-A sandwich with pickles or non-pickles? Like, you know, you tell us, tell us your Starbucks order. Just a just a normal everyday conversation. We don't have to get super- with pickles.
1: That's my answer.
0: <laughs> oh, it's double pickles for me too. Oh so my I'm, god, I'm there! I get the number seven with extra pickles. But um, <laughs> nice. aside from my Chick-fil-A order, I think one of the the best things we can do is just ask a normal conversation that allows people to easily jump in, just to show that we're normal people. Like we're, yes. we're not we're not going to get weird. On the socials, you know.
1: Yes, yeah, which is easy to do. It's easy to get weird. Absolutely. Um, but just letting that be a, a place of engagement, a level of familiarity. And then, Nick, what as maybe in general, uh, what are you hoping comes from an interaction on social
0: media? Definitely, we're we're hoping for a bridge. And what I mean by a bridge is somebody who can say, "I'm not sure about God. I'm not sure about Jesus. I don't know if I even believe the tenets of Christianity." but I'm curious and maybe because it's, we're speaking to their their pain points. Maybe we're speaking to a transition in their life or a trouble or trial, whatever they're going through. Um, And that's why it's important to have bridge content on social media. It's easily accessible for them to walk across. And so one thing we did at Sandals Church was we kind of talked about preachers and sneakers. Um, And uh, the guy who actually created preachers and sneakers, like he commented on YouTube for for our, our video. And he's like, I like this take. We had multiple people who would comment I'm not a Christian, um, but I do appreciate you talking yes. about this. And I'll, I'll check out church. I love what you guys are doing. And so, it, it, wow. we sit in the conversation of culture. We have a spiritual yep. connection that is going to lead to Jesus. And I think that's where you have to be brave. Like, as a church leader, you have to be brave to to wade into some of the conversations happening right now. Because honestly, when, when we talk about, um, you know, like devil Nike shoes and, and all, it goes go sideways really quickly. Totally. You have to have a level of compassion, and you have to have a level of creating safe spaces. And that's what the church is known for is being a safe space. And so if we can do that well on, on social media, we're creating the bridge. And that's what the goal is to create a bridge for somebody to walk across to meet Jesus.
1: Yes, exactly. And then they're ultimately getting discipled. And that's where the app comes into play, because then they're curious, well, what's my next step? How do, how do I actually grow in my relationship with Jesus once I've come across the line per se? Um, so our Are one of the questions that this prompts me to ask is: Is Facebook groups and Discord servers and spaces like that—that's not your owned property, it's not your app, it's not your discipleship pathway—are those kind of thrown out the window, or are those still valuable places for building bridges?
0: Definitely, I would I would have to say that um, every. Every location is good for building bridges, uh, but what I will say is each cultural context is different. Facebook yes. tends to lean a little bit, you know, older demographic. You're not going to see the same people on TikTok as you do on Facebook, and so when it comes to that context, you're going to have to use the language of of that platform. And I think that's one of the the ideas that we that I embrace is you have to show up and you have to kind of speak the language that that community is speaking. Um, Paul says it like, you know, trying to be all things to all men. Yes. And so we're not compromising the message, but we are learning how to use the language of the, the, the platform in a way that's going to create that bridge.
1: Yes that's really good. Uh, and so you would see, cause I know that, you know, we can come out with strategies left and right, and they're ever changing because of the nature of our space, which is why conversations like these exist uh, to benefit church leaders and our listeners and me, cause believe it or not, every time I hop on with Nick, I learn something. This is just as much for me. Uh, I get to, I co-host this mostly because I am the first one who gets to hear the content. Um, but you would say that there's still a space for Facebook groups, for, for those more intimate communities that isn't just your general page, um, but that's also not the end game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I will say this, like, and in, in I, I love to, to be honest with people is the care space, like actually caring for people digitally is very, very difficult. They need community around them. And so uh, I think that's really important. Like having social media be the end goal, um, I think is a disservice to people. And even mm. having people online um, can be a disservice uh, in the terms of care. I think building community around people is so important and equipping people to build community around themselves of believers is so, so, so important. So while I fully agree and I am 100% for digital, I understand its limitation is within that care space and we have to figure out and we have to be better at care, uh, as a capital C church. Um, So that's why I probably wouldn't leave somebody just to one platform.
1: Yeah, that's really good. And what are some of those ways that you've seen care work well when it started digitally?
0: Yeah, care works best uh, when it started digitally. um, when, When we actually have somebody who is skilled within care, handle the conversation. So what that means is um, you know, maybe I'm not the best person to have that conversation with somebody. Uh, One one time I had somebody who spoke nothing but German. Mm -hmm. Their name was Johannes, and and they wanted to talk to somebody from watching online. And it was so weird because we had to use Google Translate. And the entire time I thought this person was a female. Um, And so I made so many presuppositions and so many different things. It took us about three weeks to find somebody in our church who actually spoke German to have the conversation along with somebody who was a licensed care minister yes and but even though it took a long time they were the best people to have that conversation and they brought healing and hope to that person you know in Germany and so I think that's the most important thing is you have to have the heart for for people um, but you also have to be willing to say this person is the best person so um, you know psychologists and people who really take care seriously and as a profession are the people that I'm going to lean to and point to
1: Yeah, that's really good Uh, And moving. So just in this instance, were you able to link them up with physical people around them or maybe find a church in their location in Germany uh, that you were able to connect them with? Or what did that process look like of you cared for them? They felt cared for that. I mean, then what happened?
0: Yeah, um, so at the heart of this issue was uh, was confidence and prayer. Um, Mm. And so what we did was we assured them like we're willing to walk with you through this. Um, but we, we're we very honest and we say, you need to have uh, care around you. Uh, yes. And so that's looking for, uh, you know, the the healthcare professionals that could help them, yes. um, as well as a group of uh, believers who can help them. And so plugging yes. into the local church. And so uh, that, that's the thing that we're trying to do is we're trying to find that tension of, what if I'm the only person who watches my church in this remote yes. area? Um, That's why having an anywhere strategy really makes a lot of sense to have the people that you love and the people who are at the front row of your life be the ones who can care for you and speak to you. Yes. Um, So yeah, there's, there's a couple of resources I'll send you them, but um, so you can put them in the show notes. Yeah. uh, There's Christian Christian, uh, Counselors of America. I think it's cccoa.org. But Christians Counselors of America is where you can go in right now if you need help. Type that in and you'll find a Christian counselor in your area. So that's one thing that we leverage that should be in the back pocket of every online pastor who's listening to this.
1: Yeah, that's incredible, Nick. I appreciate that, uh, and yeah, just so valuable. Do you have um, do you want to maybe just give the thirty second version of what Church Anywhere is? We've mentioned that a couple times, uh, and it obviously got mentioned in Carrie's uh, article um, about what Sandals is doing. Do you just want to kind of yeah, thirty second elevator? Yeah, the pitch big on idea that.
0: is to invite the people who are at the front row of your life, your family and friends, and invite them over for a self hosted service. It's like just a home church service that we give all the tools for a leader to equip the people around them so that they become their own community.
1: That's incredible. And the reason this is fascinating to me, Nils and I had a conversation a few episodes ago talking about the decentralized church. Now, is this something where these groups are um, monitored and uh, run by Sandals, or is Sandals just handing out the resource and saying, go run with it?
0: Yeah, there is a, a small barrier to entry. There is an interview because we are inviting people into other yes. people's homes, and and we're, you know we're we're trying to navigate that tension. So we really yeah. want to believe in a leader as we launch them yes. forward, but we also identified some ways that we could just have people do it. So there are both strategies in, in play, um, but right now we just wanted to That's get really cool. our best leaders in in the front if that makes sense.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think creating resources like that uh, for the church is is really important so that people can uh, successfully build that community around them. You, you teach them to fish, right? Uh, instead of just handing them fish. Um, but it is also important to hand people fish sometimes. Uh, and so, yeah, let's hop into the, the third thing that you wanted to, to let us know, just things that you're learning.
0: Totally. I would say a website is for discoverability. I think a lot of times, even large churches use a website for every little thing. And so I would say your website, having it uh, like be SEO optimized. um, There are things that people are looking for. They're looking for your location. They're looking for your sermons. They want to hear what the pastor sounds like. They also want to get a bit about what the church believes. And so having an about, um, and so when you have those three things, that's really going to maximize your, your church's SEO. um, and you know, having the website be for new people, you have to think through the lens. This is for like a first time person. It should be easy to navigate. It should be very, very filled uh, with the vision of the church. So that way they have an understanding of what they're getting into coming to a location.
1: So where do, uh, the first question that pops into my head that I'm sure some of our listeners have. So where do the reoccurring people go or where are they encouraged to go?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why app makes a lot of sense. App yep. has giving, um, app has forms, you know, app, uh, can be connected to your church, uh, management software. And so yep. it's really important that we, we kind of set designation points. You could absolutely use your website for, um, for your insiders as well. Um, but what that tends to do, it tends to bloat your website. And so yes. what I would say is, um, looking at how your app connects to your church management software for insiders is going to be key in the discoverability phase of choosing the right app.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. And and stuff we need to all be thinking about. Uh, Nick, as we kind of wrap up here, uh, I'm curious, uh, have you thought about or do you know uh, what you're going to speak on at the social media church conference?
0: Yeah, for for me, um, I think the it's it's about strategy and it's about your most valuable asset. And so not to not to give give away things, yes. uh, you know, uh, <laughs> right out. But I believe that we have a, an asset that we are all sitting on that um, that is being underutilized, mm. and it's an asset that every single person, every single ministry leader has, and they're not deploying it. And this is the one thing that if you were to deploy it constantly, it's going to change your life, it's going to change your ministry, and it's going to change the people around you for the better. So um, I- I'm so excited to share what that is and how we can best leverage it for the growth of ourselves personally and the church.
1: Is it any? Is this resource anything that we've talked about on the podcast today?
0: Oh, no, absolutely not. (laughs) We we might have had a conversation uh, about it. Um, This is something in the digital space that might sit contrary to many things Mm. digitally. Um, And it also might sit contrary to our Western thinking. And so uh, as we think about this asset and as we tease out this asset, um, it is one of the things that is the most simple thing for any human being on the earth to do. Um, But it is one thing that I believe God is calling the church to do uh, within this season specifically uh, and, and for a healthy life.
1: I am so excited uh, to hear that, Nick, and just excited for you to deliver that uh, to all the people who are going to sign up uh, to go to this conference, church leaders that are going to be impacted. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you. I was going to ask you, what's your favorite social network these days? Uh, so I will ask you that, but there's one particularly that I'm curious about that I want to ask you about really quick as we wrap up.
0: Yeah, totally. I, uh, I'm really enjoying Twitch. Like that is that is my number one is, is the go-to for me right now. Is
1: that a social network?
0: I think so. It's, it's amazing because it's, it has everything that a church would want built into it. Um, You know, there, there's, there's a chat feature, there's giving built into the platform, like the donations Um, it's, it's how people like cheer and celebrate. They celebrate by giving. And this is something that is so Hmm. insanely biblical, like people celebrate (sighs) by giving and yet, people are having a hard time giving at church when this platform is actually doing that. So that was one of the most attractive things for me was you know celebrate through giving is a biblical principle.
1: Yes, yeah, and Twitch is what I wanted to ask you about. Fancy Pants, is it Fancy Pants media on there or just Fancy Pants streaming?
0: Yeah, Fancy Pants gaming. Fancy
1: Pants Gaming. Uh, I see the notification go off all the time. You guys need to follow Nick over there. If you just want to understand uh, what a lot of us is still a foreign concept, this idea of Twitch, how it works, the people who are there, the strategy, the language, all of those things. Nick, you've been in this space for a while. Uh, So what game are you playing most when you're streaming? And is there anything else that you want to let us know about as it pertains to connecting to you and learning more about Twitch,
0: yeah. Uh, when it comes to Twitch, I think your youth are going to love it. Uh, Elevation and uh, you know Life Church, Sandals Church—they're having a fortnight. They're having a fortnight uh, summer, so they're doing nice. games all the time and, and they're gaming. It's, it's a it's a great community. Uh, yes. My game of choice is going to be Mario Kart. So if you want to play some Mario Kart, you know, just get at me because that's so much fun. Uh, but yeah, <laughs>
1: Mario Twitch- Kart on the on the D, on the uh, on the Nintendo Switch.
0: Yeah, Nintendo Switch um, Very nice. online play is just so much fun with family and friends. So, yeah.
1: Oh, well, that is great. Well, if you guys want to tune in, is that the best place to connect with you, Nick? Or, or do you like having conversations on Instagram, Twitter?
0: Sure. Um, you know, nickovaya.com. You can hit me up on nickovaya.com nice. or on Twitter at Um, is, is is a good way to, if you want to ask a question, that's always a cool spot to, to connect. So, yeah.
1: I love Twitter. It's so underrated. Uh, oh, absolutely. So 100%. overlooked uh, because people focus on trying to grow an audience on Twitter and it's like, uh, just use Twitter for conversations. It's incredible. Uh, anyways, yeah, you can find Nick there. All of the other ways to connect with Nick are in the show notes of this episode. You can find that at socialmedia.church. Um, and I'd like to also give you one more, uh, call to implore you to check out the social media church conference. We're really excited to bring together, uh, We're almost up to 50 speakers uh, that are going to be talking over three days, July 13th through the 15th. Uh, Just all the speakers we've had over the lifespan, almost eight years of running this podcast. And there's so much value um, that the church can get and the ministries that can be amplified by deploying the strategies that all of these thought leaders uh, in the church and even some outside of the church that are doing things for the church, uh, can leverage. And we just want to see your ministry win on social media. So I would love it if you would sign up and register today for social media church, the conference first one ever you get to say that you went to the first one ever you can find out all of the information and register at socialmedia.church conference. But until next time, everybody, my name is Aaron, and this is the social media church podcast.